Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation, and importantly, appreciation. The show is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne on 855am. And today we have a really interesting and fun show um, for you all. As you might know, the Melbourne Fringe kicks off this week. with It's a festival celebrating all forms of art and features thousands of shows across two and a half weeks. We are joined by artists who will be performing shows that examine extinction and the complexities of human-animal interactions. And thank you for joining the show, Nikki Viveka. Um, Nikki Viveka. Viveka, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all right. Nikki is a Melbourne-based performer who brings a touch of theatre to stand-up. <laughs> Nikki has performed solo shows such as Asexual Healing, was most recently performing in the comedy festival improv show Completely Improvised Potter, and has taken time out of... Um, out of yeah, we're busy um, rehearsing it today. Yeah, rehearsing um, Improvised so Potter. Sort of training i can like we don't rehearse the actual shows of course because they're all improvised but we train in our improv skills yeah so so training those improv skills and taking time out today to come and chat to us about um your new show which is called wasp movie wasp movie yes that's right um and nikki also won the 2019 midsummer poetry slam um oh well i've i've added a poetry slam as well because i also won uh, the inaugural trans poetry slam as well. Oh, fantastic. So Congratulations. I've got two poetry slams this year. Yeah, so an all rounder. We've got comedy, we've got theatre, improv, poetry, yeah. just all sorts of stuff going. Solo shows. That's a, it's a busy life. <laughs> <laughs> so when Nikki moved into her cute new house, she was looking forward to turning it into the home of her dreams. She wasn't counting on the wasps who also wanted to make it their dream home as well. So in Wasp Movie, Nikki pulls her creative talents to pay homage to one of the world's least loved animals, the wasp. And that's what we want to talk to you about today. Yeah. Um, we wanna, I, I'd love to hear uh, what your experiences with these wasps were, living, living in a house together, um, how, that, how you navigated that conflict and, and how you've turned that into a show to talk about both wasps and your own experiences and, and this complex nature between human and animal interactions. Do you, do you want to do, give, give us a bit of a spiel about what wasp movie is? Um, yeah, I would say it's basically a storytelling show where I talk about the experience of living with a wasp. Mm. So I got, they were in my house for several months. Yep. Um, it took a, a long time. Like, they were eventually, they, they came to a bad end eventually. But um, they were, 
uh, they were living in my house for uh, a few months um, and it became this ongoing kind of saga because the way I dealt with it was posting about it on social media. Yep. Uh, and so all my friends got invested in this wasp story and I was really invested in the wasps uh, as as well. Yep. I kind of took over my life for a bit while they were there. So I'm telling that story, but it's also, I use the show as a kind of platform to to look at other issues as well, I think. Because I find wasps... And social insects like like bees and ants also, I find them fascinating because they're like these little societies. Mm. Uh, you can see that they have a society. It's almost like a like a civilization, but it works quite differently from our own. Uh, at the same time, it's also it can be used as an analogy for our own. Um, so watching this society sort of grow and fall, it's like there's something kind of epic about that. And it just felt like it, even at the time, it felt like it was going to be a theatre show. And it felt like, no, there's got to be a show about this. So it's... I tell the story, but I do it in as theatrical and dramatic a fashion as I can because I think the amount of trauma the wasps caused me, um, it sort of warrants a dramatic treatment on stage. <laughs> and and can you talk about some of that? What is that drama that you that the wasps caused you and ultimately, I suppose, was caused to the poor old wasps? But yeah. <laughs> what, what, is it, what is it that you experienced in living with those wasps in your house? Well, because when wasps... Um, Wasps, you know, like they obviously have like a, a reputation for being uh, territorial and yep. potentially aggressive. Um, and I've been, I had been stung by them before and got a bad reaction, yep. not like a life-threatening reaction, fortunately, though you never know with wasps, they can be different. Um, but they grow their hives very quickly. Uh, like they'll move in, like they have a sort of seasonal thing every year, like so the queen will move in and set up a colony and then they start producing larvae very quickly and they grow the hive in a short space of time into having thousands of wasps in it. Well, yeah. Then usually the life cycle of the wasps is that they'll then die off over winter and then restart hives with the queens. Often only the queens survive over winter and then they'll set up a new colony. So that when they move in, they multiply terrifyingly. It's just like at first there's a couple of wasps. I remember like, well, I thought they were bees at first because they're quite mm. hard to tell apart. And that's so I saw like, I'm like, oh, cute. There's bees flying around my house. Oh, cute. Look, oh, there's bees here every day. There's lots of bees. That's cute. <laughs> but then you sort of realise, like, there's more and more. And you're like, oh, no, they're living inside my house. And there's increasing numbers of them. And, like, I went away for a few weeks on tour. And when I came back, there was just so many more wasps around. And it feels like this completely random thing that happens. And it just runs away very fast. Mm. The other thing, of course, with the wasps is that because wasps don't sleep... They're active all all day, all night, like twenty four seven wasp activity. Like the days when they go out and do stuff, and but then the night they do hive business, and I could hear all the hive business because I'm living right underneath it. So it was a very it was a very intrusive thing in my life that suddenly I was living with this uh, this hive. <laughs> Yeah, and and I suppose it's a it's a really difficult a difficult thing. You've you've mentioned um, that, that you you sort of uh, wanted to appreciate the wasps living there oh. to start with, that and that must have been difficult to see them. Like, yeah, you have to sort of live with that conflict, and not and we do we do come into um, situations with some animals where it is difficult to live together, and yeah. I think this is a case of that, isn't it? Well, it was yeah, it was it was a really hard decision because I, I'm always avoid doing anything to hurt animals 
I'm always like in any like any show house I've been in, people are like we've got to do something about like these mice, and I'm like, great, I'm on it. I've got peppermint essential oils and bay leaves, and I'll <laughs> leave them at the holes, and they will dissuade the mice and gently suggest them. Like I'm always that yep. um, person in a house um, who avoids hurting hurting creatures. And like at first when they moved in, I'm aware like oh there's this big hive there of what I thought was bees at the time. And I'm like, oh, is there a way that I can leave them there? But then you sort of because they were right in my ceiling like if this hive gets big it could fall through the ceiling the whole thing oh, could, wow. be a, yeah. could be a, a drama yeah. i don't know like i scared myself by going on the internet and looking <laughs> at pictures of mega hives um which are like these massive things which they'll they'll build inside people's houses and you know like honeycomb falling through the roof and stuff so um very dramatic uh, but i was like so i probably can't have that even though i wanted to and i'd actually called up um a bee expert i called up there's uh a group who do beehives on roofs yep. and they make rooftop honey and they install like little hives everywhere. And I called up banks. I thought, oh, if they're bees, I'd, you know, we sh- they have, have a right to live somewhere. Maybe not actually inside my kitchen ceiling. But I was actually quite drawn to the idea of having like a hive there. Yep. Like even on my property, just if it was like on, like on the shed roof or something like that, just have a little hive there and they could all live there. And I liked that idea. When I discovered they were wasps, I like the idea a bit less, um, which I find it, it like I find that that's an that's one thing I look into the yeah. in the show is why we have such drastically different opinion of bees and wasps. They're very yep. quite similar creatures in a lot of ways, but people love bees and despise wasps. And what um, do you what do you come to in that that um, discussion within the within the show? Do you do you have an opinion why we why we do have that oh, reaction? There's a, there's a whole lot of thing, reasons why we why we do. I mm. mean, a lot of it's of course because we have this association of bees with honey. So we've got like, uh, even though they're not like a domestic species, they're sort of like semi-domesticated. We associate them with um, with agriculture and with yep. our society. Yep. Yep. Whereas wasps, even though wasps do do a lot of useful stuff in the environment, like as as bees do, because we don't get honey from them. Um, like some wasps can make honey; they 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 are capable of it, but um, not in the sort of quantities that bees do. So we can't actually, like, they're not useful to us. And then that makes us not like animals. Yeah. So humans yeah. are very self-interested like that. If, yes. Like, that's... we can get something yummy from an animal or something useful for an animal, we'll love that animal. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, it's, like, I, I did sort of, like, like when I, I was aware they were wasps, I was worried about it more. But I was also, like is there any way I can live with them? Because I didn't want to... Like, you used to see, like, this hive. It was a perfect hive location. They had this nice little... Their own entrance in this wall, and the wall mm. had all these flowered vines growing all over it. And it just looked beautiful. Yeah. You could see this little hive where they go in, and that'll be shining in the sunlight as they went in and out of this hole among the flowers. It's just like, this is wasp paradise up there. It's, um, it's real paradise. It's just a shame that I... Like, it's in my roof and I can hear it 24-7. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, as the wasps get more and more, then they get more territory and you start seeing them, like, doing more kind of... It felt like they did patrols, like, as they're, they're buzzing around. So it becomes harder to use the outdoor spaces and uh, and so on. And so so what at what point do you... Mm-hmm. So I, I have very little understanding of theatre and arts and, and mm. it's not my space really. But at what point do you say, um, well, when do you know that something is an, an idea for, for getting out these interesting ideas and, and speaking about these interesting ideas and addressing them within a comedy show or routine or a theatre show? 
how do you how does that spark? How does that form in your in your well as, process? As a comedian, pretty much anything that happens, you look for the material in it. And yep. the more stressful the thing is, the more you want it because that's what you use comedy for yep. is for for navigating that both for yourself and also for other people who go through similar things. Yeah. If they see their experiences reflected in comedy, then they enjoy that. Um, that's part of the whole healing process of comedy, I, I think. So you already know that you're going to do something about it because of something major that's happened. It's just knowing whether, oh, is this like a five-minute bit or is this a whole show? Mm. Um, but because the Wasp thing just became this epic saga and because people got so interested in it when I spoke about it on the internet, then it became like, no, this has to be a show. Um, the actual, But the actual moment when it, when it became a show was when I got the title Wasp movie. Um, which came from my friend Catherine Allen, who's a Canadian. She does Breast at the Fest, uh, which will be happening at Fringe as well. Oh, good, yep. Um, but we were at a comedy gig, and we were talking about relationships and stuff. And I said, like, well, the only relationship I've got is with my wasp. <laughs> uh, they'll be waiting for me when I get home. And I just spoke about the wasp, like, they're my boyfriend. And then that we started, then we started joking about doing a show, and Catherine offered the title Wasp Movie. <laughs> Um, and as soon as I had that, I'm like, no, that has to happen. There needs to be a show about wasps called Wasp Movie. Um, so. Yeah, great. And so can you tell me, like, it, it sounds like you've you've actually learned a lot about wasps during this process, <laughs> haven't you? You've done a lot of um, Googling, I imagine, speaking um, to experts on bees and things. And um, Yeah, it's like I still, I wouldn't call myself a wasp expert uh, at all, but there's there's not... Like, it's hard to find actual wasp experts mm. because everyone likes bees. Mm. And that holds true for the scientific community as well. Yep. That everyone studies bees and what they're up to. People don't like studying wasps because we don't like them. We carry that prejudice over. Um, but the funny thing was, like, I was already really fascinated in wasps. Like, I already okay. had material about bees and material about wasps yeah. before writing the show. Uh, and so it's been interesting thing about writing these shows. It's like, oh, I can actually bring... I can actually bring my, my material about gender non-conforming wasps. Um, that can happen in this show because uh, cause I'm doing a whole show about wasps. Yeah, great. And I hadn't found a place for that material yet. And then uh, home came to it. So it was, it was interesting that I had already had this long-running fascination with these creatures yep. um, with social insects. And then they sort of, it was like the universe was like, oh, I heard you like, <laughs> I heard you like wasps. So we added some wasps. Um <laughs> And it kind of gave me a far more ambivalent feeling about wasps afterwards. But it was... Yeah, I'd already been fascinated with them. And obviously, like as I've... Because of living with them and, and writing the show, I've been doing a lot more research into them. And they're endlessly fascinating. Mm. Endlessly fascinating creatures. And I'd love to love to hear more about that. We'll just go to a quick song. Yeah, sure. And this is um, The National uh, called Wasp Nest. Oh, appropriate. Cussing a stone in a cocktail dress Your mother wore when she was young Red southern saint around your neck A whip martini in a paper cup You're a wasp man 
and I'm afraid to ask. And all your wrath and cutting beauty, your poison in the pretty glass, your CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Come to a very special evening of music, dance and dinner. Joy of Freedom, Pacific Voices sing out for West Papua. Celebrate the launch of the CD Joy of Freedom on Saturday the 21st of September from 6pm at the Brunswick Town Hall. Entry is $15 and includes dinner. Performers include the Chendrawasi Dancers, Pacifica Victoria Choir, Corianne, the Black Sisters, Black Orchid String Band, Izzy Brown from Combat Wombat, and Tatame and the Neighbours, because music is our weapon. More information at Facebook event Joy of Freedom, a 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Freeless Species, 3CR, 855 AM. We are, we are speaking with Nikki Vivica, mm-hmm. 
I think I've got that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we're, we're talking about Nikki's um, sounding like a great show that's going to be um, running at Fringe this this um, in the next couple of weeks called Wasp Movie. Yeah, and so it starts on 21st of September, so it's like in the last second half of Fringe. Yeah, fantastic. And we'll definitely um, let you know all those um, dates and where to find the information. You can actually see uh, Nikki's work. She was um, featured in the... In the I'm age. in the age today. I'm yeah. in M Magazine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, page seven of M Magazine with a bunch of other fringe artists. They've got a special on fringe shows based off true stories. So there's some, yeah, like a whole selection of fascinating shows. Yeah, great. Um, so if, if anyone's interested in Nikki's show, definitely check out um, The Age. If you've got a copy, you'll be able to find out a little bit more about it. Um, but we'll keep on talking about it here as well. So yeah. keep listening. And Nikki, I just wanted to ask, so what sort of... Um, got you into performance and using performance to share your story and to speak about other, like, get messages out there? What 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 is it that got you there? Oh, that's an interesting one. And mostly I got into, because I've been a performer since forever, uh, really. Um, like, but I always used to be into acting and playing characters and getting mm. into theatre type things. And then after that, I was into improv, which was sort of like theatre, but um, like more comedy based and um, made up on the spot. When I started doing, when I started doing my solo work, I was very driven by that by wanting to put out a message because my first show was a like coming out show talking about asexuality, uh, and it was just I didn't want to take the time to talk to people about stuff and like belabor people in conversations with here's all about me. I was just like, come and see the show and then you can listen to me for an hour. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was really motivated by me wanting to um, spread a particular message about my experience of the world, which I hadn't seen reflected anywhere else. Yeah. That drove me to make my, my first show. Um, And I think that every time I do a song, I'm up to my, my third one now but when I do shows, they've got a strong theme to them because there's something I particularly want to express yep. uh, about the world in them. And what what's the main theme of um, Wasp Movie? And what what are the so I imagine it's going to be super entertaining. But what are the under are there underlying messages, or is it just a is it just a piece of entertainment? Uh, well, nothing's just a piece of entertainment. I don't <laughs> think. Um, Leading question, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, a lot of it, I mean, I am sort of, I am kind of driven by like, here is, here is a story that found me. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I need to sort of like, because sometimes like those difficult times in your life, it's um, a way of dealing with them is ter- turning into a show. It's like, well, this will make a good show. So <laughs> like I'll use this as material. There is certainly that element. But there's also the thing I found, because like when the wasps were happening, mm. that was... It was just in the aftermath of the marriage equality debate, yep. which we've had, which has been really rough on um, my community, um, on the queer community in general, and, and on the trans community in particular. Uh, and I was still still copying a lot of harassment and stuff uh, in the aftermath of it. And I was really struck by the contrast between human society and how fractured and uh, hostile it is. Um, versus, like, these wasp societies, which were, uh, you know, like, worked together very, very mm. solidly. I mean, like, the deep the deep you look into wasp society, the more you see, like, the um, the inequalities <laughs> and stuff that, that are built in there. There's, there's a lot of problematic stuff that happens in wasp societies. Um, 
But it was, I was really struck by, because like this amount of hate that we have for wasps as creatures. And, you mm. know, like you call a creature a pest and once a creature is called a pest, you can do anything to it. You can just, um, you can kill them. You can do whatever. No one cares what happens to pest species. Absolutely. But I was just comparing like the way, especially the admirable way these wasps just survived because there were multiple attempts to destroy these wasps and they just kept going. Mm. Um, and they just sort of shrugged it off and kept on working on building their, their hive. And it's amazed at the resilience that they showed. And I started to feel, I started to feel after I've been in this situation for a while, I started feeling like I was the villain. So I feeling like, why am I ruining these wasps' lives? Yeah. Like I, I've sort of, I was feeling like this thing had happened to me. Like, oh, these wasps have come into my house and ruined my life. But then mm. I was just like, well, they're just getting on with their business. And I'm the one who's, I'm the territorial creature here who's like trying to get them out of, mm. out of my house. But I was really struck by how, um, you know, yeah, yeah, how resilient they were versus, A, how easily I got disrupted in my life. Like something small would happen would just throw me completely off. And just the way our whole society gets disrupted and tiny things um, that shouldn't be issues become these massive, massive furors that have us all fighting each other. And I think there's, there's sort of value in comparing the way our society works, the way animal societies work like that. You know, obviously animal societies are very far from perfect as well. Mm. But it's like you can see points like that where animals are doing something admirable and humans are being <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's, that says a lot about um, or sums up a lot of our interactions with animals, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's... Um, I think it's sort of the reason why we like animals so much because we see little elements of ourselves reflected in them because mm. obviously all animals come from some some shared heritage so there's things that animals have which are in common with, with us mm. and sometimes we see that they've held on to something there's something about them which we like more than what we've become of what, what we've done so yeah and it's a really interesting point that you make that you you saw when you started living with the wasps um you sort of reflected on your own attitudes towards them and, and society's attitudes towards wasps and, and pest species, as you mentioned. Yeah. What do you think, like, lots of people don't make that connection. What do you think really helped you make that connection? Why was it that you thought, well, I'm, I'm the villain here? Because so many people don't think that. They think, well, no, this is my place. Mm. I deserve to do whatever I want to these animals. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of them or whatever. And, you know, sometimes sometimes it's it's really hard and we do get into situations where mm. there does need to be this tough negotiation. But what was it that actually made you realise or think that, no, they, they do have rights on their own or they do, they do have a place and it's not just, I, I don't get to just dictate everything that happens. Mm. Um, I'm, the, I'm the villain. Like, what, what is it that you think helps you think that way? Um, I think it was... <laughs> This is going to sound so bad. Um, it was comparing the quality of our lives, actually, because they had, when I'd moved to the house, um, I'd wanted, I'd had this dream about what I wanted the house to be. Yep. It was kind of the first place I was really in by myself. And I was, I, I was advertising the housemates. So I got the wasps instead of a housemate. So no, they're my housemate. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, I'd moved into this 
like sort of cute inner city property and I just had this dream of like this little social hub I was going to make. I wanted to decorate the house with all this kit and I wanted to have like all my arts friends and all my queer friends and stuff come over. I had this vision of this dream home. It never ended up being that. I was constantly having problems with the place. So the wasp weren't the only thing that happened there. It flooded. It had all these maintenance problems. It was a, a whole, um, it was a stressful, stressful time while I was there. But then the wasps were living their dream life. They had the perfect hive. They were mm. super happy, super successful. They were having a lot of wasp sex in the roof. Um, I, could, I could hear when they were doing the mating uh, the mating dances and stuff like that. You can hear, um, a, hear a mating dance from 10 feet away. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you can... Well, I could hear them doing... I could hear them doing dancing. I'm yep. a, a little... To, to a little degree, I'm assuming that they were mating because it... Uh, the wing fluttering behaviours and stuff is a mating thing that they yeah. do. They can do it for other reasons. They might have been preparing for war. They might have been preparing to come and get me. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, maybe it was easy for me to assume that they were mating. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like they seem to be having like a little wasp utopia uh, mm. up, in, uh, up in my roof. And I'm fighting them to, you know, like I'm not creating a utopia for myself. Um my house is still going to be like a difficult rental situation uh, at the end of it. I just felt like, well, why are we, why am I smashing up something which is beautiful for these creatures for something which will just be like, eh, for me Mm. actually. And it's just that, yeah, I I became sort of really aware of that, that, Mm. um, and because like you get rid of the wasp because they're like, oh, they're territorial, they're aggressive, they'll sting you whatever. But actually, um, wasps, when they're building their hive, they're not that stingy. They do get stingy later. Um, there's a, there's a sort of social breakdown that happens in, in wasps as, as winter comes in when they, and they start getting more, um, wandering around more and getting more aggressive and, and stuff. But at, certainly the, during the early stages of the wasp hive, they're not all that stingy. So they weren't, they were scaring me. They were making me anxious by being there, but they weren't actually coming after me. Mm. I was coming after them. And because we, it took like a lot of times to get them. It just felt like, I don't know. I like, I was starting to feel like I was, I felt like I am legend. You know, I am legend where there's yeah. like, the, you know, there's the, um, the characters in the house hunting vampires. And yeah. then he reaches the end of the book and he's just like, Oh God, I'm the monster. Yeah. Um, the vampires, <laughs> the new society and I'm killing. That's what I felt like. I felt like why, why I'm, I'm the monster who's killing with the wasps. Yeah. Um, they're not like, uh, you know, they did sting me, but like they hadn't, they hadn't, I didn't get seriously stung by them. And it was just like, I just felt like the the contrast between how we view that situation mm. as like, these are the aggressive pests and you're the victim versus the reality of the situation, which was uh, humans trying to kill wasps. Mm. Uh, it really, really struck me. Mm. Um and obviously there's a lot of things which I understand about wasps which I didn't understand then. Like about how they're, you know, like when you're at risk of being stung and, and things yep. like that and how they how they behave. Um, which I sort of wish I'd understood a bit more. But it was, it was very hard to think clearly with wasps in your house all the time. Because it does, it does, does activate this anxiety thing. That's yeah. the main thing that you sort yeah. of... Just because they can sting you, and especially because I'd had a... Um, you know, a reaction to them in, in, in the past, you sort of like, you go into this kind of constant anxiety state. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, as soon as you're home, you're like, you're on edge Mm. because of them. 
Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much of that is just wasp prejudice. <laughs> how much of that is just me being prejudiced against the wasps? Um, whereas, like, maybe with a different outlook. Like, if I had been bees, it would have been different. Like, bees, it still would have been stressful. Yep. But because you don't see them in the same sort of light, mm. you would create less stress. A lot of that stress comes from your reaction to them rather than the reality of what they're doing. So, And why do you think that... Um, that- theatre or comedy is a good medium for sharing these these stories and 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 do you think those those deeper points that you're um getting across in your work come through in that that medium um i think comedy is one of the best ways for telling really really true stories and really meaningful stories because i find trying to tell those stories in really earnest dramatic fashion it hits people too hard it's, Mm. it's too much um, like if I got up and I did an angry rant, like if I just got it, it as me uh, uh, dressed as a wasp and I was just there <laughs> ranting about like, to you to call me a pest. <laughs> like I did that, that, that would be its own thing actually. <laughs> I don't want to completely diss this concept for sure. But um, it would like, people would come away a bit like, oh, what's that? What is this? Mm. Um, but through doing comedy, like it makes, um, makes you able to relate to things. Uh, when I was, um, I trained in, in comedy writing with uh, Tim Ferguson. Um, and Ferguson has this thing he says about uh, comedy being like tickling. That what tickling is, is you find um, you find the pressure points mm. on someone, which are the points where if you had like a knife or claws or something, you could kill someone. But instead of attacking them, you go, <laughs> I got your sensitive spot. Yeah. Um, and his attitude was that comedy is like that. It's about finding... Uh, societies or, or individual people's like sort of weak points, but just showing like here's a thing, but we're not going to make a big drama out of it. Yep. We're just going to point it out here. Yeah, that that. Yeah, and then I suppose um, people can take that; they can ruminate on it. It sort mm. of it doesn't. It's not in your face, but it sort of lets you. No. It's thoughtful. And and so comedy is trying to. It is getting people to think about things. It's getting messages to people, but doing it in a way which isn't isn't judgmental of the audience, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody's if somebody's hitting with something really earnest, sometimes that can feel like you're being put upon yep. as an audience member. Whereas with comedy, it's just like, here's a viewpoint, here's a perspective you might not have considered. Yeah. Um, and it's there, but here's also gags, here's also a good time. You have a good time and also here's a view, yep. um, which we might like you to take on. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm really... Um, it's it's really interesting to me. It sounds like a lot of um, your previous work, or your, your current work and your previous mm. work, and even this work, um, maybe around sexuality and and your um, your experiences in that mm. space. And it's interesting that you've been able to bring animals into your storytelling now as well. Has that been a different thing? Like, is it different to be I, able to talk about animals? Or animals it... are in. Every show I do. Okay, cool. Because I love animals. Yeah. Um, um, Tell us more. Tell us more about that. I've always been an animal fan. Like, it's a big animal nerd when I was a kid. Partly. Partly because of sexuality stuff. Mm. Because human society was all very like, ah, oh, there's boys and there's girls and the boys <laughs> sleep with the girls. But if you read about yeah. animals, you're like, well, no, there's like... Um, it's like we, we were talking about in the break, there's snails which switch sex and fish yeah. which can change sex backwards and forwards according to temperature. And there's like so many animals don't care about gender divisions in, in mating. Yep. Uh, and you can see all this diversity that exists in, in natural world. And that was very appealing 
mm. uh, to me as a young closet queer growing up in rural Queensland. Um, so I was very, very interested in in animals uh, from, an, from an early age like that. And I often do use them like as analogies in comedy. I'll often refer yeah. to them um, and talk about, like, same-day sexual healing. I did a lot of talking about uh, animal sexuality and how that works uh, and how specifically how humans have, like, we impose our understanding of the world onto yeah. animals. Like, we impose heteronormativity onto animals, even though a lot of animals don't have it. Mm, uh, we interesting. impose yeah, this yeah. idea that that sex is for breeding and stuff like totally on animals when animals also have sex for fun and yeah. also animals also don't they're animals that don't breed there's like a whole thing there so I've sort of looked at how we view sexuality um, as people through the lens of looking at how we uh, perceive it in animals um, in my second show The Lazy Show that was less about sexuality it was more about like productivity versus laziness but I looked at animals as well too there because they animals obviously have very different ideas about productivity than we do <laughs> Uh, they live quite quite differently, and yeah. I think um, yeah, I think because animals do do express that a lot of those ba- really basic things about us are the things that mm. that we have in common with animals, uh, and so we can examine a lot of our behaviours by contrast and comparison. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. With, with how animals are. So. I just uh, I don't I don't know, and I imagine the answer is no. But are there ways that people can hear or or get a sense for your earlier work is there is that anywhere or is, because it's live it's sort of just live and it's ephemeral is oh that... mostly um mostly it's all this live mm. there are like here and there on the internet you can find uh you can find me mm. uh, my poem which i'm on the midsummer poetry slam with is available on youtube and through yep. um the melbourne spoken word webpage yep. uh, so asexual love poem uh, is up there. Um, if you really dig around in YouTube, there's also some of my stand-up. <laughs> uh, can be found there as well. Yeah, okay, great. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm conscious of the time and you've given us um, far more time than we, you know, we're very thankful for that because you do have um, training for your shows at the mm-hmm. moment on right now. Um, do you just want to tell us all what, uh, where we can find Wasp Movie? And how we can buy tickets and what we do to get there. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be on at Trades Hall in uh, the Festival Hub for Melbourne Fringe. Yep. I'm on in the second half of the festival, so I'm running from 21st to 29th of September. Well, so eight, what, eight days? Um, yeah, so it's eight, eight performances. I've got one day off in there, but it adds up to eight yeah. days in total. Straight on the back of Completely Improvised Potter, yeah, which we're running from the time. 18th to the 21st. Yeah. Um, and you can buy tickets on the Melbourne Fringe website, uh, yep. which is melbournefringe.com, I think, .au. And uh, you can also find, look me up on Facebook, find me on Instagram as Nikki Vivica, N-I-K-K-I-V-I-V-E-C-A, and, and I'll post all my details there. Yeah, fantastic. And we'll certainly um, put Nikki's details in our show post as well. So you'll be able to find that. We'll put the, um, the show Wasp movie, the link to that in the show notes and you'll be able to find all of that information there. So thank you very much for coming in, Nikki. This oh, has you're been so a welcome. really enjoyable show. <laughs> I love talking about my was. Yeah, that's great. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and yeah, do go along and 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 hear more about wasps and Nikki's experience with with the wasps. Um, but right now we're going to go to a song called Manta Ray by J. Ralph and Anthony. <laughs> children my 
Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the Dots. 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 8.55am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers And let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. I am the tree The lean, hard, hungry land The fight to save the sacred Jaburong landscape from destruction at the hands of the Andrews Labor State Government is ongoing. Now, Jatwarung women are bringing the voice and the spirit of the Jatwarung Heritage Protection Embassy to the city. Join the rally at Parliament House to save the sacred Jatwarung landscape from 8.30am until midday on Tuesday the 10th of September. If you can't join us there, tune in to 3CR at 10am for live coverage during the Koori Survival Show. Visit dwembassy.com. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. This is Freedom of Species. And that song was um, by Jay Ralph and Anthony. And those lyrics, just beautiful by Anthony. Um, always lovely lyrics and lovely um, vocals by Anthony. And we've been speaking with Nikki Vivica uh, about her show at the Melbourne Fringe uh, called Wasp Movie. So I'll leave details in the show notes about Wasp Movie and I, um, yeah, get along to it. It sounds fascinating. And some really interesting reflections um, by Nikki on her experience with, uh, with the wasps that um, she was living with and how it, how it made her think about her own, herself within that interaction, within that, that, um, that conflict between um, the wasps and, and her living space. 
And we were going to have another um, team from the Melbourne Fringe tell us about their show uh, today. Um, but unfortunately, they weren't able to make it. Um, so I'll, I'm just going to give them a, a bit of a plug because they sound like they've got a really great show. And I think it would be um, anyone listening would um, would find it very interesting. So the um, we were going to be speaking with uh, members of the production team, the production company picked for, la- for last for sport, um, who advocate for animals through award-winning cabaret. Um, they had a cabaret show last year at the Fringe uh, that won an award, and that was called Creatures of the Deep, or From the Deep, I think. And um, the show that they're putting on this year is called Creatures Lost. And Creatures Lost examines animals that have been driven to extinction and those on the brink of extinction today. And they through original songs and theatre, heart and laughs, the show reminds us of the animals we have lost and those we stand to lose. And true to their mission of creating environmentally and sustainable theatre, Um, All costumes and props from Creatures Lost are sourced from recyclables and upcycled materials. So that's a discussion of um, extinction and I I imagine the the extinction crisis that we are facing in the Anthropocene. So I strongly encourage you to get out and see that. They've got um, several shows playing um, several dates for that show, and you can find more information about the show on um, the Fringe page, Melbourne Fringe website. If you just write, type in Creatures Lost Melbourne Fringe, then you'll be able to find um, plenty of information on that show. So certainly get along and see that one. Um, I imagine if it's anything like their show last year, it's going to be fantastic. So uh Go and check that out and drag drag some friends along. Drag some friends along that are going to be interested in um, in seeing some interesting theatre with animal animal messages. So head along, grab a ticket for Nikki's show and grab a ticket to Creatures Lost and, um, and have discussions with your friends and family about animals. Yeah, great. All right, so before we wrap up, I just want to um, mention uh, two things. One was uh, uh, that I that I discovered today, actually, before the show. I was looking online to see if there's any news that was worth um, worth mentioning, and I discovered the Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival. Um, this is the 2019's um, lineup. Is the second year that the um, Vegan Film International Vegan Film Festival has been running. Uh, last year, director Alex Lockwood um, was titled the overall winner with the documentary Seventy Three Cows, and that. That doco is available online to watch for free. It's about fifteen minutes. It is it is a beautiful um, a beautiful conversation about a dairy farmer in the UK who um, has has been farming has been you know doing doing dairy um, unfortunately for for decades um, and has had a real conflict with it for a very long time, but just never knew how to move past that, and it. it goes through their process of transitioning their um, farm from dairy cows, uh, from using dairy cows to a, I think, an organic vegetable farm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. The 73 cows that uh, they, they find a home for at a sanctuary. And that 
that film actually um, won, a, won a BAFTA uh, for Best Short Film last year. So it's a fantastic short documentary. And I think you can find it on, um, yeah, you can certainly find it online. It's it's somewhere weird like uh, Madman or something like that. But just, just look online somewhere and you'll be able to find it. So... Um, this year, they're the second year running of the Ottawa International Vegan Film Festival, and there's 26 films from 14 different countries that have um, that have been submitted and are, are in, not not that have been submitted that have been selected for the festival, and uh, 60% of which have been directed by women, which is great to see in an industry where um, where women are well under underrepresented in. Um, director and director roles and other roles. Um, it's fantastic to see that there are plenty in the vegan film um, world, and I suppose that probably just um, indicates the large number of women. The, the vegan the vegan community is led by women. It is it is um, a realm of women. The most most of the people in um, vegan communities are women. Um, so I suppose there's no surprise there. But I've I felt like telling you about this because it has a has all of the lineup on um, if you go to plantbasednews.org, um, you'll find the lineup uh, of all the sh- all the movies or all the films that are being presented at the Vegan Film Festival, and I am absolutely certain that many of these will be worth watching. So if you're interested in finding some good vegan um, films, um, maybe documentaries, uh, stories, then go and check out that lineup and you'll be able to find some good watching. Probably more interesting and compelling than uh, what's on Netflix at the moment, for sure. (laughs) And the last thing that I want to discuss is if you are in Sydney, um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, an event that's being run by Dingo Den Animal Rescue. Um, they're a group that uh, that advocate for dingoes, a much maligned um, uh, species in our country, um, under attack from many different sectors and um, very very threatened by by politics, by people, by agriculture, uh, industry. Um, it's a sad, sad, sad world for dingoes. But this September 21st at Penrith RSL, um, Dingo Den will be um, holding an inaugural charity cocktail event, Dingo Den Dreaming, with special guest Uncle Max Dulamunmun Harrison and attendance from Mark Pearson from the Animal Justice Party. He's a, a member of the Animal Justice, uh, a member of the Parliament in um, in. New South Wales, he'll be attending as well. So if you're interested in that, check out the Dingo Den Animal Rescue um, site on Facebook, I believe, and um, and see what you can find there. And that's all for me today. Uh, certainly stick around for um, In Psychedelia coming up next, and they'll have another fantastic show. Uh, there's always very, very interesting uh, things going on in the world of um, of illicit drugs and what our government is doing and what our society is doing to demonise the use of drugs. Um, so certainly stay tuned and listen to the latest there. Uh, please tune in next week between 1 and 2. We'll be talking all about animals um, and all of that jazz. Shows are every Sunday. Tune in to 855am Um, in Melbourne or we stream live via the 3CR website that's 3cr.org.au 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.